0: Log Talk Radio. You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge
1: of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rico Muhammad coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we're going to have our resident mentor will be joining us here shortly. we got a couple of little technical issues that we're working on in the background. Um, so I'm trying to get my call screener to get up and on board so we can try to get your call screened in. But um, we're going to start off as we normally do while we're trying to work on those issues. Uh, with the, this week's USDA report, and like we always try to give you a caveat on this USDA report is that make sure that you are using the information that comes from your load board, that you are utilizing that before you go into any specific areas, because uh, with this USDA information that we give you, it's basically for uh, information purposes, but this information does run, has a tendency to run a little bit behind Um and that's just due to the fact that it's a government agency that's providing this information. So they are not, you know, they're doing the best that they can, but, you know, really you can't expect too much from the government when it's a, a free report that they're putting out. You can't really uh, depend on it to be the gospel, so to speak, uh, because it, after all, it is coming from the government and it is, it is running a little bit behind and, not, and they may not be the best staff to uh, actually provide some of this information, but they they have access to a lot of this information due to the fact that uh, uh, they are monitoring some of this stuff. But the way that they monitor it, I'm not crazy about it. But just, just wanted to put that little caveat out there about the USDA report where they have some shortages that are being, um, that areas that have some shortages, and those areas are Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon, Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, Michigan, Big Lake in central Minnesota, and New York, Columbia Basin, Washington, in central Wisconsin. All of those areas right now, according to USDA, is showing a shortage of loads to trucks. So there are some opportunities that, that may be had right there on the spot market. And of course, right now, we'll get into that a, a little bit later, but there's a huge dilemma with um, disaster relief as well. So All of this stuff is having an effect right now on the spot market. Uh, But jumping over into the next area that are showing slight shortages, those areas are actually Boston and Philadelphia is showing a slight shortage of of trucks and eastern North Carolina. So there are some opportunities to be had in those areas. There are no other districts that are reporting any types of surpluses or slight surpluses. Every other area is being reported as adequate supply of loads to trucks. So I'm going to put a link up a little bit later on on the uh, Facebook page, Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. I'm going to put a link up to this report for your viewing pleasure if you want to go back there later on to check it out. And... um, Moving right along, we're going to jump over into this week's DAT trend lines report. Spot rates rise before Irma lands. Uh, capacity tightens in Harvey's wake. This report deals with the dates through September 3rd through the 9th. Two powerful hurricanes hit within a few days, destroying lives, homes, and businesses. It will take months are years to repair the property damage alone. Freight transportation is is disrupted all across the US, and supply chains were rerouted after Hurricane Harvey and again before Hurricane Irma. Fuel prices also soared, driving rates up to the highest weekly averages in more than two years. National average ban rates gained $0.03 per mile. Reefer rates jumped by $0.08 per mile. And flatbed rates added four cents per mile. So let's jump in directly to this week's van demand and capacity report. Okay. Yeah, we're having a couple of technical issues, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to see if I can resolve them really quickly. Just give me a brief second. Let me see if I can work this out really quickly. Okay, we may not be able to take calls tonight. I'm looking for, I got a, just got a message that, Chuck Snow is on the line, so we may be able to get Chuck in. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to take calls just yet or not. I want to try to see if I can uh, work through that um, with my call screener and some other people, but I'm trying to see if I can get that to work out. But I'm going to jump back over into this van demand and capacity report while we're still working on those issues. Van load posts declined only by 3%, and truck posts lost 17 percent during the short work week that included Labor Day. A four-day work week would typically generate a 20 percent decline in the load board activity compared to the previous week. The result was a 17 percent increase in the load-to-truck ratio from 5.6 loads per truck up to 6.6 loads per truck. The national average band rate increased by three cents as Hurricane Harvey Scrambled supply chains and and caused fuel prices to rise while shippers rushed to move freight in and out of Florida ahead of the hurricane. This this is causing a major disruption in all fuel, um and all freight lanes right now. Historically looking back, van load posts were up 11 percent from July to August, while truck posts also rose 12 percent as a result. August load to truck ratios matched July's average of 5.2 van loads per truck. The ratio was up 89% compared to August of 2016. Right now, average diesel fuel prices across the country gained 1.4%, up to a national average of $2.80 per gallon. Now, let's jump over and see how the rates were performing over the previous week. The national average van rate increased $0.03 to $1.93 per mile as shippers rushed to move freight ahead of Hurricane Irma and Harvey-related supply chain disruptions. Led to a capacity shortage throughout the US, the national average van rate is at its highest point of the year. After rates jumped $0.12 per mile from the previous week following Hurricane Harvey, outbound rates fell in most Texas markets as rates increased in the Northeast, Southeast, Midwest, and West. Taking a look back historically for vans, national average van rate for August increased 1 cents to $1.79 per mile compared to July. The rate was 18 cents higher than the average in July of 2016. Moving on, jumping over into we're going to jump over into flatbeds, and the demand and capacity report for flatbeds for the week of September the third through the ninth flatbed demand got hammered along with
2: Houston,
1: <clears throat> along with Houston, which is usually the number one market for flatbed freight. Demand hasn't, re- hasn't recovered fully, although hurricane relief supplies for Houston, uh, Hurricane Harvey, put some loads on the highway. Houston gains were offset by losses in Florida, Georgia, as they braced for Hurricane Irma. Flatbed load posts increased 4% nationally, while truck posts dropped 20% for a 29% increase in the load-to-truck ratio that jumped up to 34.4 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate moved higher compared to the previous week. Taking a look back historically, compared to July, flatbed load postings declined by 5% in August, while truck posts increased 22%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to fall 22%, down to 28.7 loads per truck. Compared to August of 2016, the flatbed load-to-truck ratio has soared by 170%. Taking a look at the average rates, ooh, and I'm negligent. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I have to go back to flatbeds, I mean, go back to drive vans, because I didn't give you the rates by region. Sometimes you get thrown off when you're got these technical difficulties going on so I'm going to let's see if I can get back to that I'll tell you what while we're already on flatbeds we'll wrap up the flatbeds we'll go back to the dry vans by region and we'll tell you the rates what they were performing by the regions Um, rate information for flatbeds the national average rate for flatbeds increased four cents up to two dollars and twenty four cents per mile Primarily due to the increase in fuel surcharge rates rose sharply in in several southeast regional markets in advance of hurricane armor while rates fell in Texas after skyrocketing in the first post harvey week. so let's take a look historically, flatbed rates increased one cents per mile in August compared to July, the August national average of two dollars and eighteen cents per mile is the highest monthly average rate since June of 2015. Compared to August of 2016, last month's average rate rose a whopping 28 cents or 15 percent, depending upon how you want to look at it. Now, let's go back. And before I go back to dry vans, rates were performing, uh, give you some average rates on the spot market for flatbeds throughout the country starting out, as we always do, in the northeastern portion of the United States, coming out of Harrisburg, PA. Average spot market rates for flatbeds were $3.48 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia being the representative city, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.71 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois, Checking in showing average spot market rates at $2.73 per mile. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checks in showing $2.54 per mile on average. And wrapping up the flatbed rate report coming out of the West Coast, um, Los Angeles, California showing an average of one dollar and ninety one cents per mile on average for flatbeds. Now going back, I'm going to jump back really quickly before we move over into the uh before we move over to the reefer segment, I gotta go back and give you the van uh, rates by region for vans for the dry vans. And starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States for dry vans Average spot market rate coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at $1.85 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in showing average spot market rates for drive vans at $2.16 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, leading the charge, leading the pack on spot market rates coming out of Chicago, $2.43 per mile on average. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas, is the representative city, showing average spot market rates of $1.92 per mile. And moving out west to the west coast, City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, checks in, showing average spot market rates of $2.13 per mile. And... Now we're going to move right on over into the reefer segment of the DAT report. And the capacity and demand segment for the reefer report, in the week before Hurricane Irma hit, reefer load posts declined by 10% and truck posts declined by 8% so the load-to-truck ratio edged downward 2% to 11.3 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate moved higher, however, to compensate for the supply chain disruptions and increase in fuel price. Historically, in August, reefer load postings declined by 20%, and the truck post increased by 8% compared to July. That, that normally caused a load-to-truck ratio to rise 11%, from 8.8 to 9.8 loads per truck nationally. The second highest monthly load-to-truck ratio in more than two years compared to August of 2016, the load-to-truck ratio was up by 78%. Now let's move over and see how those rates were performing for reefers over the week of September the 3rd through September the 9th. Reefer rates jumped by 8 cents per mile in the week before Hurricane Irma and the Hurricane Harvey supply chain disruption that increased in fuel prices bumped up the national average reefer rate to $2.18 per mile last week, the highest mark in more than 2 years. The national load-to-truck ratio declined compared to the previous week. Looking back historically, the August spot market rate average for reefers increased by one cents from July to August reaching two dollars and eight cents per mile that's the second highest monthly average in two years the August average was 19 cents higher than the average from August of 2016 taking a look around the country spot market Average reefer rates coming out of the northeastern portion of the United States. Elizabeth, New Jersey being the representative city at showing $1.99 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida checks in showing average spot market reefer rates at $1.24 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin, which always seems to lead the charge for reefer, showing a strong $3.57 $3.57 per mile on average for reefer rates coming out of the Midwest. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, the Rio Grande, showing average spot market rates at $1.85 per mile. And wrapping up the reefer report, coming out of Fresno, California, showing average spot market rates at $2.08 per mile. Net, that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up that BAT report. Ah, looks like we did solve some of our technical issues. I got our guest up and on board with us. Let me go reach out and grab him really quickly. Mr. Chuck Snow joins us right now, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck, how are you doing this evening? We're doing well. How are you, Rico? I'm doing well. Seems like we we, we were able to work out some of the kinks and the bugs while we were getting that done and, and uh, got the call screen up on board and got you in here as well. So that clears well, the way for you, ladies momentum. and gentlemen. If you want, <laughs> well, we we was trying. We was trying. Sometimes it's 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 a little uh intimidating flying without a flying without a net on live radio. But that clears the <laughs> way for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. We we got some of those issues resolved. so We will be able to take some of your questions tonight. So if you have questions, if you already know what you want to ask or want to talk about, or if you or if you would like um some rate information on a, on a specific lane. Press number one, that gets you up and on board. Let our call screener know your name and where you're calling from, and we'll get directly to you. Um, Chuck, I, I was going to get into, um, I'm glad we got you up and on board. I was going to get into the Bad Broker Report. Um, we've got some new entries on that. Uh, but before I do, we had a question from a caller that that left me a question on Facebook. And uh, kind of want to j- jump into this a little bit, and we'll, and we'll maybe s- circle back around to the bad broker report. Um, what are the pros and cons, and what should someone be uh, aware of when considering buying a DOT number from a, a, a an already existing carrier that has an older DOT number? Well, usually uh, now, I
0: my understanding is when you buy that. The only way you're going to get the DOT number is you've got to buy that person's business, and usually that's a corporation. Uh, You may, and I'll I'll go on record, I am not that familiar with your LLCs in the U.S., so I'm not going to comment on those. But I do know that historically, when you buy an old MC or DOT number, that's part of a corporation that's just part of it. So, you would buy the corporation. And when you're buying that corporation and you're buying the DOT number, you're also getting everything that's in that corporation, whether there's some rolling stock, some trucks and trailers, there may be uh, some accounts receivables, accounts payables. Uh, there's also the safety rating that comes with that company, um, there's also the credit rating. And I've got to tell you, I've done it, you know, I've, I have done some acquisitions. And they've worked out pretty well, but I can warn you from experience: you better do your due diligence. Um, you want to find out if you're going to be buying somebody's DOT number, or you're going to buy their corporation. You've got to find out if there's any baggage attached. Is there any lawsuits coming up? The, you know, from maybe a uh, former landlord. Because when if you're going to buy that DOT number, I would imagine there's a corporation that goes with that, and Maybe that company you're buying, if you don't know them, maybe they had a problem with a landlord. Maybe they had a fuel spill. You really need to do your due diligence, but you can do it. You can check. I would strongly recommend using a lawyer. You don't have to use the biggest lawyer in town. Um, Usually a, a small law firm can do the due diligence for you and find out about lawsuits in the past. Safety rating, you can get that on your own. Uh, you want to see what they're paying for insurance. I think besides from all that, and it depends on what else comes with it, if you're buying a comp- small company that's got a few drivers even, take a litmus test of company culture. It's really important because that's what you're buying. Um, equipment, you can buy trucks and trailers at auctions or wherever you, you want, but maybe there's a customer that comes with that. So those are all the things to check for. Um, I think that there's some really great opportunities out there for our listeners. There's an awful lot of people out there that are between the ages of let's say 55 and 75 that aren't fortunate enough to have children that want to carry on their business. And those are companies that somebody is uh, is willing to sell. And it's a heck of a lot easier to start a new company than starting a new company is to buy one sometimes. And you already have a proven track record. Uh, one thing I do recommend, if, if it's a good company, it's really important. Keep the bank account. Even if they take all the money out and they leave you know, $1,000 in, which you'll pay them that 1000 back, at least you've got an old established bank account that probably has good credit. And those are, that's a real important thing if you're going to do it. It's a whole part and parcel So I strongly recommend doing it if you do your due diligence. And I've mentioned that a few times when I've given my lectures at uh, the CMC in past years of one way to get into this business.
1: Now, there was a jewel that you just dropped in there. I hope everybody picked it up. That part about keeping the bank account. Yep. That, that, that right there, that's, that's, that's a heavy one. That's, that's a, a real heavy jewel right there. Um, never thought about that. Never thought about that. We got a caller that has a question, got their hand raised early, so we'll go ahead and get them in right now. Let's go and grab Alan. Allen, you're up no the board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Allen. how are you? We're doing well, Alan.
2: I, uh, I call you guys infrequently, but as much as I possibly can. I'm the guy that runs out of New York and hits Pennsylvania and Ohio and Maryland. I'm just wondering if everybody else has been seeing the, the. I don't want to say it's a. A rocket. Ship rise in the rates, but it has been extremely pleasant this week to see the the rates increase. Um, people have been calling me about a truck if I post it and. I get all the details on the load. Tell them what my rate is, and ninety-five percent of the time, it's a done deal. And we're talking three, four dollars a mile or more. Yeah, there are yeah, it's,
1: opportunities. Uh, it's right now the opportunities are bound on the spot market. Uh, I, I I wouldn't caution you to. Make sure that you are putting some hay in the barn while the while the, while the getting is good, it, uh, because it, it's not going to stay getting, this way. It's
2: getting stockpiled. It's getting stockpiled.
1: Right, so it's so not going to stay this way. That. Right now, the, the, the shipper the shippers are, are in a between a rock and a hard place because they, of course, um, they have supplies that they need to get out and get to market, and at the same time, you still got people. Uh, unfortunately, that are dealing with the um, the tragedies of what's going on with the result of these uh, two hurricanes, and so you got a lot of people that are assisting and helping out with the hurricane relief. Which, if you're involved in some of that stuff, the rates that is really is what's behind pushing those rates up that far, and it's really tightening down on capacity. There, there are a lot less trucks that are available because uh, well, because people are jumping on jumping on this uh you know jumping on the FEMA loads uh, to take advantage of those rates. So if you're still out here operating on the spot market that, that leaves plenty of opportunity available for the trucks that are just uh moving around on the spot market because if if they want that freight move they're gonna to have to pay they're gonna to have to pay to get it moved. Chuck anything you no, wanted to add in on that?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, you're right. It's it's a combination of things. It's a perfect storm. And I think the other thing that's happening, and I'm noticing that in my brokerage department, um, more and more, you know, we're into September already. It's not far off until the ELD legislation comes to life. That's in December. An awful lot of the carriers we use, both small and big, have all of a sudden taken a, a very keen interest in migrating onto the ELDs. And we're seeing, as a result, um, we're seeing behaviors change. We're seeing people, and I'm glad to see it. you know what I guess we, we are um, everybody is going to be on the same level uh, playing field to some extent. And what's happening is drivers are you know they're shutting down when they're supposed to be shutting down. That's causing pressure because some of these shippers, their behavior, uh, there's not it's not in congruency with the, the changeover of loss. And what I'm also seeing is where some of these bad shippers and bad receivers, they're not getting trucks because it takes too long to load or takes too long to unload. And that's putting pressure on things. So you've got the storms uh you know two storms in a row you've got fires out west you've got the migration of the ELDs. um you know i was just looking at the news this morning uh of the devastation in uh this is on the florida keys and i could just imagine the amount of activity from trucks that is going to be required first of all first thing you have to do is you got to take that rubbish away and, and I can't imagine how many thousands of trucks are going to be needed to take that rubbish away. And then you've got to rebuild everything. You know, you need everything from block to, to some steel. You need wood. You need drywall. You need all of these things that have to be trucked in there. Things are going to be busy. You know, the flat deck guys, um, they're probably going to pull their hair out. But that's going to put pressure on everything for a long time, because, you know, we're talking, we're talking damages between these two uh, storms, uh, these two hurricanes in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So all this is going to take, it's going to use capacity that's short right now. And I got to tell you, and I don't know if I mentioned this uh, when I was on last time, um, when I was at the GAT show in Dallas, We stood at our booth, and i got to tell you that the age of drivers that we met that do long haul was much closer to end of career than the beginning or middle of their career. So all this is going to have a huge impact. So, yeah, be prepared for a – I think what we're having now is, as they call it, is a heyday uh, for truckers in the United States – but I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. This is going to continue for a while. Uh, I don't know whether capacity is ever going to get to the right size. I just heard something on, uh, on the radio the other day that the, on the te- technical side, on the repair side, uh, in the near future, we're going to be short 67,000 truck mechanics and technicians. So everything's going upside down. So there's a, you know, things are really, um, they're disrupted.
2: I've had a couple of, uh, you see that? Yep. I'm still here. I've had a couple of, uh, local shippers that have contacted me, um, in the past and I've given them rates and they, they were, oh, you're just too high. You're just too high. Well, those guys are coming back now and, um, they're begging for the trucks because they they went with the cheap haul, you know, mega and right.
0: their
2: products not getting to market. And yep. you know, well, Alan, that's and that's, just,
1: that's 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 the that's the key thing that that you just said right there that everybody needs to be taking heed of and taking advantage of. Right now is uh, and Chuck, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit too, so that we don't we don't. Uh, um, Want to miss let anybody miss out on that on entrepreneurial um, you know a, an opportunity, but now is the perfect time with with things being the way that it is. If a carrier has been uh, soliciting some customers uh, that they've been having some difficulty getting into, and right now um, you could go into some potential customers, and this could be a way to go ahead and get your foot in the door. With the direct if you will commit to them and can provide them with some service right now while they can't get trucks, this may be a golden opportunity to get a to get a foothold into a business and somewhere and to be able to build a relationship because now you you definitely are coming in the door with a solution to a problem. A hundred percent
0: if you can be the solution, and it's very, very hard, and, and we keep drumming on this, the only way you're going to be a solution to the problem is be a solution. You're not going to be a solution if you're doing everything. You've got to be able to do one thing. I think Alan has this nailed down where Alan runs a particular region, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Is that correct, Alan? Yes, sir. Okay, so when, that, when Alan goes to see a customer, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's a specialist in in three states. When that same customer says, "Well, Alan, I'd love to give you uh, all of my Oregon and California loads," Alan says, "No, I don't want that. But I'll tell you what: I'll take all your Pennsylvania or Ohio loads, and and that's where you're going to be." Alan is a solution, even if he has one or two trucks, he's still part of a solution, and that's what we Absolutely. have to. That's what we have to drum down here, and and we really need to get to with everybody out there if they're going to be successful. And that's how you're going to be a solution to, to your problems and also a solution to your shippers' problem. Yeah, it's a great time to go in and, you know, and get into those shippers where before maybe they wouldn't talk to you. But don't make the mistake of trying to be everything to anybody because you're not going to do it. Not with one truck. you got some tough competition no, out there. No,
2: that's like this week I'll uh... – I'll empty out tomorrow night. And I'm done for the week. Now, from Sunday night till tomorrow night, Thursday night, it's about eighty-three hundred on two thousand miles. Wow! And and that was that's getting it done, son. And,
1: and, huh?
2: and, and, and that's people calling me. I post my truck, or sometimes I didn't even post a truck. It was something I had done in the past. They call me. What do I need to get? What do I need to pay you to get this load done? This is it, and that's. And it was the fact that I picked up when I was supposed to pick up, I delivered when and where I was supposed to be there, and the freight was there in the condition that it should be in.
0: What a concept. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
0: i got to tell you something. So many people um, in our industry don't get that. This is real easy. Okay? Just what you said. You, you be there when you're supposed to be there. uh, Get it there when it's supposed to be there. Unload when you're supposed to unload. It's real easy. And if you can do that, you will do well. The problem is we have people in our industry that play games, and they'll they'll take on more work than they can handle, or they know they'll take a load that's got to be there Monday, knowing that they're not going to leave until Monday, and they leave somebody hanging. That totally destroys you, and it destroys your brand. And you can't get away with that stuff today with social media.
2: No. I had a perfect example. I had a load where I was delivered down in Binghamton, New York area, and uh, the warehouse down there held me up for almost seven hours. I had a 6 a.m. appointment. I was there a quarter after 5, checked in, backed up to the door. They started pulling the stuff off at five minutes after 6. It was almost noon when I got out of there. I was supposed to pick up at 12.30, and so New York. Made a right. phone call to the broker, explained everything to her. I said... I'll I'll be able to pick up before they close. And she goes, Well, they're they're kinda of finicky up there. Well the place where I was picking up I got a cousin that works there, so I made a phone call and say, Hey, listen, this is what happened. Don't worry about it. Come on up and get it. You know. And the broker has already tendered to me in the next four weeks six more of these loads. Yep. Fifteen hundred dollars almost $1,600 on 300 miles.
0: That's the great freight that never hits the load boards. Rico and I know all it. about it. And, you know, and I meet people and I tell them that, that the, the great loads, never they're never on that um, as a rule. That's because you go to your, on my broker end, when we have a load, so the first thing be- we do, we go to the people we know. And we know who runs particular areas. Again, that's that's the whole reason for picking regions. And it's so important.
1: All right, Alan, we appreciate the phone call. We're going to move on. Uh, Good night, Alan. Appreciate you for participating. We're going to move on. We got uh, Roberto. Looks like we got Roberto calling in. Roberto, you're on with Rico and Chuck. How can we help?
3: Hey there, it's Hilberto, but (laughs) everyone always gets that wrong. Um, Chuck, you're the uh, gentleman that runs traffic? That's right. Yeah, uh, just a heads up for you. If you do a Bing search for your company, it throws up like you can't access it. You might want to check that out, but it works fine on Google. I don't know if you've ever... Encounter that. But I was wondering if you could just tell me like a little bit about your operation there. I'm just around the corner from you.
0: Okay, whereabouts are you?
3: Um, Boston Church.
0: Oh, Okay, yeah, you are right around the corner.
3: Yeah, um, I go into PDI there sometimes.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, um, we share this building with them. Uh, so we are a yeah. uh, brokerage house. We're Canada's oldest third party broker, as well as we run our own corporate fleet.
3: And how
0: large is your fleet? That's uh, no, not big. It's about 50 trucks, about 48 trucks, I think, as of today.
3: And you have owner-operators and... Uh...
0: Yeah, we have a lot of owner-operators.
3: Yeah, I saw and one we of your... back our And we have
0: some of our own trucks, and we back it up with... Uh, what we found works best for us is we use rider trucks. Um, I'm not telling stories out of school. These things break down all the time. And rider's done a great job. They've been a wonderful partner for us and uh they're either fixing them or replacing them all the time
3: yeah the guys there in Milton are pretty good
0: <laughs> yeah um and I, you know what i was just talking to a carrier uh that i did business with 30 years ago and we've rekindled our relationship and uh he runs a hundred trucks and he keeps p- about six or seven extra in order to replace the ones that break down, and he's got a combination of every tractor and every type of engine, and they all, uh, and you know, um, he said, he's had great luck with the Cummins engine itself, he said, but the, the problem is all the pollution stuff, and we're all facing the same problems.
3: Yeah, I know our fleet, they like the the look of the Volvos, I'm trying to get them onto the Freightliners personally, but uh, <clears throat> that's just personal preference, mostly,
0: well, I don't want to get sued by Volvo, uh, but we did have a fleet of uh, of about 10 of them based in our Calgary terminal, and uh, we did park company. I don't want to say it on the podcast. I don't want to say any more in fear of getting sued, but I I had some issues.
3: Now, do you guys do walk-ins? Like if I came by and wanted to go for a coffee or something, would that be okay? Or you're too the best busy? best thing, thing to do is give coffee? me
0: a call. We can certainly go for a coffee. Um, just give me a call. My extension here is 203, and the phone number is 905-875-0708. Oh,
3: let me just, sorry, not in a good position to write 905.
0: Google Just Google traffic. It will come up An extension 203. That's really important if you want me.
3: Okay. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Well, thank you. I look forward to meeting you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Appreciate the phone call.
1: All right, Chuck. You kind of stole a little bit of my thunder as well, because I was going to talk about uh, Congress on this end has shot down the ELD mandate as far as extending it. So it looks like we are headed for that December deadline. Um, any thoughts, uh, uh, on that piece, particular piece right there? I know you guys are on a little bit coming out of Canada. You guys are on a little bit of a different, uh, but, uh, I'd imagine it also kind of carries over for you guys as well, uh, coming down into the U S.
3: Oh, we go
0: into the U S we have to follow your laws. um, uh, you know, I got to tell you, the uh, I applaud the OOIDA and everybody else that's pushed to get this thing rolled back. Um, it, I don't think for whatever reason or reasons it's going to happen. I think that, um, you know, the lobbyists have worked with the congressmen and, and they've made their trades. Um, you know, it's it's going to happen. Nobody's ready for it on the – I think the trucking industry overall – has done a phenomenal job as always and you know what, uh, I've seen this industry do all sorts of amazing things uh, through the years and, and get their act together better than any other industry. Um, I think we've come a, you know, in the 43 years that I've been in, involved in trucking, I've seen a lot of great changes, not just in trucks, but in, driver's attitudes. Uh, I think we are an awful lot more professional. Um, We certainly don't have the substance abuse now that we used to out there. It's not tolerated. We have drug testing uh, in the U S but this ELD thing, I got to tell you, I think the trucking industry we're prepared. The shipping public has done very little on the most part to prepare for it. And when December comes and and we're starting to see it already, um, and we're starting to see pushback from, from carriers that we deal with for certain clients that go, no, we won't take loads into there. I know ourselves, we had a driver deliver in Chicago at 2 o'clock this morning uh, for a 7 a.m. appointment, and he's still there. They haven't touched him with a reefer load. And we ended up calling that customer wow. when this happened today. I don't have enough trucks to waste. I really don't. And uh, we called that customer today and uh, said, "You know what? You've booked five other loads with us. You can have them back. We can't do this. We just can't. We can't afford. Um, you know, even the uh, what they're going to pay us for demurrage does not cover our losses. And and we're noticing this in other, you know, in other places with the ELDs where we're doing partial loads in the Northeast." And you go into these places in uh, you know in Connecticut and Massachusetts and, and New York and New Jersey. And of course, number one, uh, traffic congestion, it's probably one of our biggest enemies in in our business. And you know, you take that and you've got the ELDs, and the drivers are running out of hours before sometimes they get to the first stop. And I had and just yesterday, we had a situation where we had a, uh, a truck on a load with ELDs. He had two drops in Connecticut. Uh, couldn't make his first delivery in Connecticut because he just ran out of time. Um, the place in front of that really needed their uh, their stuff, but they, because it's a, a big company, they're not going to touch somebody else's product. And here the customer is threatening me with fines. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm not paying these fines because you don't pay me enough to to pay for these fines. That wasn't part of our our contract of carriage. And and this is all the things that's going to happen with ELDs because we've got again we've got ELDs coming, but we also have traffic congestion getting worse. And I read recently that Walmart is charging their suppliers 3% if they aren't on time, and that includes if they come early or late. <laughs> they're going to charge a 3% fine. And they're not the only ones. Uh,
1: the yeah, See, Walmart uh, they're not the fine only ones. If you're early or late. That's right. They don't want you
0: early. They want you late right on time. And that's getting to be a harder target to hit number one you do have the ELDs so there's no and I tell this to customers all the time and and when I started to warn them two years ago I I remember sitting in one of my food customers uh, boardroom with them telling them listen this is going to happen and I predicted almost to the date and I'm not going to you know maybe it was just a lucky shot Um, but I predicted everything um, as far as the industry and this food producer, he covered his ears. He goes, "I don't want to hear this." Well, you may not want to hear it, but you're shipping, you know, you're shipping loads and, and an awful lot of LTL. When I say LTL, I'm talking about partial loads, quarter loads, and half loads uh, down into the Northeast. Everything is appointments, and the only way to get around this is you have to take that freight and tender it to a local cartage company. Well, those local cartage companies down in that neck of the woods they charge an awful lot of money they're very expensive because their operating costs are huge so these customers up here aren't used to that and they there's no there's no room in their product to pay that so they're really stuck so the elds are going to have a, a huge effect on on all sorts of things are they going to make the road safer i don't know i guess the um the guys that have been pushing things and there's been people for years running two log books, three log books and, and just throwing the log book out the window and doing all sorts of crazy things. Um, they'll find another way of getting around it. Um, remember, uh, locks are made for honest people to keep honest people out. I was in, uh, right. I was in, I was in Italy once and, uh, my son and I were taking a cab, uh, near Rome and the cab driver happened to be a truck driver, and we started talking, and he was telling us that in uh, in Europe, you basically put your truck license into something like those old. Um, it's kind of like an ELD, and you put your license in there when you're driving. Well, what the scam in Europe is, you rent your truck driving license out to a friend, so the guy runs team, but there's only wow. one person in the truck. <laughs> It won't take long. Remember, truck drivers are up all night quite often. We work long hours. We have an awful lot of time to think. So people will think of ways of trying to get around this. Whether it will work or not, I don't know. But there there will be people that will deviate from the flight path or try to.
1: Absolutely. I'm trying to... uh... trying to get this link put up on the and Lane's Facebook page but I'm, I'm not getting everything seems to be a little glitchy on me tonight, Chuck. Was that, the, <laughs> that was that the bad broker report? No, I was trying to get the uh USDA market report up. Whoa. Um but the bad broker report, speaking of which, let's go ahead and jump into that. Okay, let's because, do that. Uh, yeah, we got quite a few entries on here
3: since we've uh, done it. Not go, good to hear.
1: Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Um am going to go back, the um, pick up where we left off the last time that we did one. Um, American Optimized Logistics Solutions Group, Inc. So get your pens and paper ready, ladies and gentlemen. Write down these MC numbers uh, just in case you. Uh, you, you, you need to kind of follow up with some of these people. Uh, Amer- um, once again, American Optimized Logistics Solutions Group, that MC number for them is 578-607. FMCSA shows that their surety bond has canceled over $52,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Next, J&B Truck Corporation, MC number 655 655- 581, FMCSA shows surety bond canceled. Over $10,000 in active non-payment complaints have been reported. They are an extreme risk. JL Freight, Inc., MC number 851552, FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $13,000 and non-payment complaints have been reported. Cart Transportation, Inc., MC number is 005777. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled on 81917. Over $37,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. Beltana Logistics LLC. MC number is 655581. FMCSA shows surety bond counsel over $12,000 in active non payment complaints have been reported. Vistar Logistics LLC, MC number is 998118. FMCSA shows surety bond counsel over $17,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. USA Motor Lines Inc. MC number is 324160. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled on 7117. Goodness gracious. Over $43,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. Cagney Global Logistics Inc. Their MC number is 303409. Man, this one, take, this one might take the cake. Well, no, it doesn't. As I see another one that's a little bit larger, a little bit up further up. Uh, but uh, Cagney Global Logistics, that MC number is 303409, over seventy-three thousand dollars, and none payment complaints have been reported. This one might take the cake. Uh, MNS LLC slash Certified Logistics, their MC number is 899. 797, they have over $125,000 and non-payment complaints, uh, multiple reports that Certified Logistics is filing bankruptcy. So, not sure how that one would work out if you got, if you, if you, that one of your, uh, someone that you have done some business with and you haven't been paid, go ahead and I guess go ahead and make sure that you file and do everything that you need to do. Uh, but if they file for bankruptcy, I guess all bets are off. Uh, LTL LTA Logistics Inc. Again, that's LTA Logistics Inc. That MC number is five seven nine one six five. FMCSA shows Surety Bond has canceled on nine uh, scheduled for cancellation on 92417, over twenty four thousand dollars in non-payment complaints have been reported and wrapping up the bad broker report Maywood Freight Company Inc MC number is 022243. FMCSA shows trust fund canceled on 8 2017 over forty five thousand dollars in non-payment complaints have been reported they are an extreme risk Hopefully no one in our listening audience uh, has any paper with any of these uh, brokerage companies that are out there, but we definitely try to provide this report to you so that you uh, are aware of some of the bad actors out there. If they still may be trying to operate and and trying to pull one over on you, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we try to arm you with enough information so that you can stay on the right side of these types of things. Um, so, yeah, hopefully um, no one has those issues next week. Maybe we can pose some questions, different questions about different scenarios to our uh, resident legal expert. Henry Seaton will be our guest next week as this scheduled time to appear. Uh, so, Chuck, anything you want to add before we get ready to get out of here? we got a few minutes left in the show you wanna let the good people know how to get a get a hold of you or if anything you wanna add on that uh bad broker report before we jump out of Well again.
0: yeah, as far as the bad broker report, you know um these brokers go out of business for a for a number of reasons. And one of them is sometimes they get taken by by customers. Um the other reason is sometimes what'll happen is somebody had a large customer kept them afloat for a number of years, customer goes sideways or customer just moves on or customer uh, management changes or customer is sold. All these things happen, and if that broker didn't work actively at building his or her business, they go under. The other thing that happens with brokerage houses is they're trying to compete for market share, and they cut rates, and quite often what they're charging in commission. So this is not what uh, what they're charging the customer or what they're paying you. It's what the spread is in between. is not enough to cover the road right. yet. And I knew, a, uh, I knew a brokerage company up here in Canada and they had decided at one point they would put 8% on everything. Now, 8% is a magic number when it comes to produce quite often with uh, because it's a large amount of money. You know, you're moving a load that's five or six thousand dollars from one coast to another eight percent is fine but when you're moving a load for five hundred dollars eight percent is forty dollars it doesn't cover your overhead so the problem is some of these brokerage houses in order to just try to stay viable got into the rate cutting thing it didn't cover their didn't cover their overhead and that's why they ended up on the you know on this list And then you always get the ones that are totally fraudulent and somebody ends up with money in the bank and they've never seen money like that. It's not their money. It's your money. It's the carrier's money. But instead of paying the carriers, they go and they blow the money on fancy cars and golf club memberships and all sorts of things with their supplier's money. And really, when you're a broker, it's not the only thing that's your money is your commission. The other money is really handled in trust. So Absolutely. That, you know, that's how this thing really should work. But if anybody wants to give me a call, please feel free. Uh, you can reach me at extension 203. I can't stress that, how important that is, because we have a gazillion lines here. Uh, but you can catch me at extension 203 at area code 800 388 Five, two. And you can email me, chuck, at traffics.com. that's T-R-A-F-F-I-X.com. If you need a load uh, domestically in the U.S., you can call our Chicago office at 888-253-8010, extension 743. Or if you want something from our Dallas Logistics Center, give us a call there at 888 888- extension 721 and the Dallas guys especially are really versatile being in Texas uh, a lot of flatbed uh, oversized loads stuff like that that you may want to handle give us a call I really appreciate this opportunity Rico always enjoy being part of your show it uh, it really gives me a chance to give back to an industry that has given so much to my family, and I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Well, Chuck, we definitely want to take our time to make sure that we give kudos and thanks to you for taking time out of your busy schedule, for coming on and joining with us. I mean, you come on a lot more than than um, what we originally requested, and we're definitely grateful for that because you bring so much knowledge and wisdom to us and our listening audience That uh, you know, it would be a shame for us Not to try to take advantage of that As much as we possibly can So we definitely appreciate you for taking time Out of your schedule to do that I uh, want to thank my daughter Back uh, That screening phone calls for us I think we have Miss Manaya That screening phone calls for us tonight So we're going to give Miss Manaya a quick little shout out on the air She did uh, a great job uh, <laughs> Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Tuck. And uh, want to give a shout out to uh, the folks that help us make bring the show to you, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford, the entire Less Truck team. We couldn't bring the show to you without them, so we definitely want to send shout outs to them. Kudos to them, and for you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule to support us and support the show. We definitely appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you this same time, same place next week with uh, when our special guest Henry Seaton. Transportation Attorney Extraordinaire will be joining us. So uh, if you got questions about anything legal, tomorrow uh, next week is the, definitely the time to uh, try to get those in. You want to jot those down, or if you want to shoot me a question on Facebook, we'll we'll keep them and we'll try to shoot those to Mr. Seaton when he comes on and joins us. Want to thank you guys again. Uh, um, we'll see you guys next week. Chuck, thank you and God bless you. Good night. We'll talk to you guys next week. Everybody, keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. We'll talk to you.
0: Good night, Rico. God bless and be safe. Good night, Joe Thanks.